0: Welcome to the From the Flats podcast, your destination for the latest in Georgia Tech athletics. Now, here's your host Wiley Ballard.
1: And win number one is in the books for head coach Jeff Collins. Georgia Tech taking down South Florida, fourteen to ten, this past Saturday. Welcome into another episode, everyone. We've got a great one on tap, including visits from defensive coach Larry Knight, as well as uh, Carpet uh, Capital Collegiate champion Luke Schneiderjans for the Georgia Tech golf team, which is currently ranked. In the top five, we get things started here I'm from the Flats with our radio crew, Andy Demetra and Sean Bedford. And guys, defense uh, carried the day for Georgia Tech last Saturday, allowed just 10 points to the Bulls, 262 yards of offense. You've got Charlie Thomas, ACC linebacker of the week. We saw flashes of this potential in the season opener against Clemson, but this looked like a comprehensive effort on Saturday. Why did they find such consistent success from the first quarter on?
0: Well, this was a team that came out and on a very hot day exhibited just a high level of energy throughout. Um, You know, I thought they tackled well in space. They didn't allow USF's very athletic receivers and running backs to get a whole lot of separation. Uh, I thought Tech did a good job of disguising coverages, of generating pressure uh, through a variety of different blitzes, whether that be from the nickel or from the linebackers. Uh, I thought the secondary as a whole was, was lights out for just about the entire game. Corners and safeties, a lot of times, and especially corners, are sometimes like offensive linemen where you know they had a good day when you don't hear their name called. And the fact that we didn't have to call Zamari Walton or Trace Willing or, or even Caleb Oliver at the nickel, uh, their names all that often, I think that's indicating that they were doing a pretty good job locking down the receivers across from
2: them. Yeah, I, I think Tech's defensive line did a good job moving the pocket on Blake Barnett. He did not react well to pressure or a pocket starting to break down in front of him. And you think about it, Randall St. Felix, Jordan Cronkite, and Johnny Ford, who's their jet sweep specialist, they're three most dynamic playmakers. None of them really busted a big play or you felt that they backfooted Georgia Tech defensively. So kudos to Georgia Tech for doing that. And how about this, guys? 15 tackles for loss combined in the first two games of the season. Georgia Tech, I looked this up in the office today. Tech did not record its 15th TFL until the second quarter of game five last year, which was Bowling Green. So it's not just a catchphrase that you hear from Jeff Collins, mayhem, chaos. That is a conviction. That is a commitment. They committed to it against USF. Uh, and as a result, a USF team that, like we said on the broadcast, scored 49 on Tech last year, was held to just a touchdown in the field goal. Uh, and a Georgia Tech win.
1: And they've got a chance to showcase that commitment again uh, this coming Saturday, welcoming in the Citadel, who famously runs the triple option. Uh, They averaged just 3.1 yards per carry last week against Elon, so they're not feeling all that confident about themselves. But although they are 0-2, they faced uh, two preseason top 25 teams at the FCS level. What do you guys see from the Citadel, and how advantageous is it that Georgia Tech ran a similar offense the last 11 years uh, for the players currently on the defense.
0: I think it's extremely advantageous to have that kind of experience and knowing how you attack this kind of offense. Tech's defenders are certainly going to be well-versed in how to defeat cut blocks. They're going to be well-versed in how do you confuse the quarterback in his reads. Uh, and, and, you know, when you have an, an option offense like this that's struggling to consistently generate uh, big chunk plays, which is kind of one of the issues the Citadels had, that can be really tough if you're out-athleted, and I think this is a situation where Tech can use its superior athleticism to force U.S. or to force the Citadel into some negative plays early on and then really work that tempo that they haven't really pushed too hard so far this season, wear out that defense for the Citadel, and, and really get this offense some experience doing a couple things at variable tempo, uh, and also just kind of experimenting with the playbook a little bit.
2: I'm just excited, guys, that I can dust off my play-by-play vocabulary for the option one more time (laughs) that I spent the last three years carefully curating. (laughs) So at least I have that working for me. And just as a quick aside, uh, it's amazing how much extra respect you get from your fellow broadcasters who know you had to broadcast an option offense week in and week out because they respect how difficult it is to call. So you know, it'll it'll feel like putting on an old jacket, Sean, uh, describing the Citadel team on offense. But I- I'm with you. Brandon Rainey is their quarterback. He's a kid from Ackworth, Allatuna High School. He's shifty, can be a little fumble prone, but he was the guy who ignited them at the end of last season. Hasn't quite sparked them the way perhaps Bulldogs fans would have liked in their opening two games. But, you know, they're starting quarterback, their top wide receiver, they're starting B-back. They're all from the Atlanta area. So if nothing else, the key players in the Citadel offense are going to come in highly motivated, having a homecoming. Uh, but you're right, uh, watching practice uh, on Tuesday, Sean, it was it was interesting to see the developmental team run the option, uh, how smooth it looked because so much of preparing a defense is about your, your developmental or scout team offense giving the defense a good look. We know that will not be an issue for Georgia Tech this week, and we'll see if the defense can uh, reap the rewards come Saturday.
0: Well, and Andy, I think that that old jacket feeling is not going to be unique to us in the broadcast booth because I think a lot of these, a lot of those developmental team players, uh, as well as the defenders, are going to say, hey, this, this feels like what I've been used to for the last couple of years. So I think there's certainly an advantage to that. Make no mistake, it's still the most efficient offense ever devised. And so if the Citadel can get off to a hot start and do some things, they could give tech problems. But I think if there's any team that's well-adjusted to deal with that kind of attack, it's got to be Georgia Tech.
1: And getting off to a hot start, that's something that the Citadel has really struggled to do. They've played from behind in each of their first two games, lost by a touchdown in each of them. And this is the same Citadel program that uh, less than a year ago was tied with Alabama at halftime at Bryant-Denny. So uh definitely have the potential uh, to make it a hairy Saturday afternoon for Georgia Tech. One thing I want to wrap up with, guys, is obviously the quarterback position. And speaking to GT60, I know Coach Collins mentioned uh, you know, He even described himself as, as animated when it, when it came to this topic, believing that you've got three guys who have worked all week long in practice to get above the line, have the opportunity to play. And, and when it comes to the quarterback position, at least for this weekend, what, what improvements do you guys hope to see?
0: I want to see quarterbacks who are a little bit more comfortable in the pocket, maybe a little bit more patient with their reads, to sit there and, and not lock into a first receiver, uh, but to go and, and check down to the second and third receivers as necessary. I want to see them get the ball out to the tight end. I think that's an area where this team can really grow because there's there's some quality players at tight end. Tyler Davis, certainly the, the headliner of that group. But that needs to be a position that's more involved in the passing game. And, uh, you know, I've, I've said this before, and I will continue to say it until I, I see it realized. This is a really good wide receiving core for Georgia Tech. And unfortunately, they haven't really had a ton of opportunities to show what they can do. Uh, I think going against perhaps a slightly overmatched Citadel secondary, they're going to have a chance to get some separation. I want to see these quarterbacks for Tech operate within the offense. But if they have the opportunity to stretch the field and take a deep shot, uh, I'd really like to see him take that shot.
2: Yeah, I'd love to see, you know, a, a skinny post or a dig route, something like that in that 10 to 15 yard range, those types of, of throws. Uh, weren't necessarily uh, frequent in the USF game but we've seen enough of these guys in practice to know they can make the throw if the, the line gives them enough time for their routes to develop i'm with you on that can can uh, w- w- if they still attack horizontally with those wide receiver screens with those flip passes into the flat on swing passes or wheel routes to wide to running backs can guys get out hold their blocks on the perimeter that's another ingredient i think that could turn this this passing game loose but You know, three guys who combined for 14 completions versus USF, most Tech has had in the game since 2014. I'm excited to see when they're all given that opportunity on Saturday, can they make that big wow throw. If all three of them can make individually a wow throw, I think Georgia Tech fans will leave it with a really good feeling uh, at Bobby Dodd. Well, and one thing I can promise you is I know you guys have talked about the old
1: jacket. I won't be wearing an old jacket, new jacket, or anything on the sidelines. It's going to be another hot one at Bobby Dodd. At uh, 12.30 start, we'll be on the air with our pregame coverage on the Learfield IMG College Georgia Tech Sports Network at 10.30 a.m. Thrilled to have you guys along for the ride.
2: and Andy, Sean, uh, look forward to seeing you guys on Saturday. Looking forward to it, Wiley. Look forward to it, Wiley. I think we're, we're, uh, we're, we're very at ease now knowing what your wardrobe will be on Saturday. So thanks for informing everybody, <laughs> and we're going to hold you to it. You can count on it.
1: All right, we'll talk to you guys soon. Next up, we've got another special guest.
2: Your Georgia Tech Yellow Jackets are back in action this Saturday at Bobby Dodd Stadium at 1230 as the Citadel comes to the ATL. Tickets start at $15 and are available by visiting ramblinrec.com tickets. Get yours today.
1: Georgia Tech and the Citadel getting set for game three of the 2019 season for the White and Gold, looking to go 2-0 and at home. We're joined by a very special guest, defensive line coach and defensive recruiting coordinator Larry Knight. And Coach, last time I saw you was a couple weeks ago uh, getting to start choice ready for an interview. And before he did the interview, he said, stop, i got to run a mile first. And yep. you and him ran together. And now here today, you had to run sprints earlier. I'm not sure I've encountered coaches who want to run and get a workout in right before an interview.
3: Yeah, well, I got to try to keep up with my guys. I chase them around a lot you know, during practice and uh, run with them during a lot of the workouts as well. So uh, if I don't keep myself together and I won't make it through the workouts and I can't start something, I'm not going to finish with those guys.
1: you know. Before we get into your position group, I want to talk about the defense as a whole. Mm-hmm. Over the past couple of years, this group at, at times has really struggled. Uh, third down conversions last year was second to last in the country. Mm-hmm. Since you guys have arrived here in January, have you seen a, a more excited version of them than after that win on saturday knowing that they were able to kind of carry the torch for the team as a whole
3: they're an excited group period you know they they have a lot of passion for the game so um everything that they do they approach it with that you know that type of extreme passion uh no matter what so
1: they'll enjoy the coach a lot of key performances uh throughout the win on saturday when, when you went back and looked at the tape nine tackles for loss for the defense mm-hmm. charlie thomas terry carpenter uh shining on the stat sheet but those guys don't get those opportunities if your guys in the defensive line aren't doing their job uh, who graded out the best among your defensive linemen? Uh,
3: i was a, it was a few of them that graded out pretty well um you know uh, tk had a good game uh chiming had a good game um Antoine had a good game. I mean, a lot of those guys did a lot of good things. Chris Martin did some good things uh, as well. Uh, So I rotate, you know, quite a few guys. And they all had a part in the game where they contributed at at, at a key point in the game, all of those guys. So um, I was very happy to see that. Obviously, we still have a long way to go. uh, But that was really cool to see. I was excited about that.
1: Joined by defensive line coach Larry Knight. Coach Thacker noted about the defensive tackle substituting you guys try and do throughout the game. And he said that was possibly the difference in the game is that more of an art for you or more of a science when it comes to distributing those reps
3: it's a little bit of both Um, so the way I determine is um, how they grade out during practice so um, every week I put the eraser to the board and it's you know you're trying to impress me every day every rep every practice i rotate who's in with who so every guy throughout the week plays with a different guy next to him um, and they're basically competing all day every day You know, and then whoever, however they grade out during the week, you know,
1: determines how much they play during the game. Uh, Coach Thacker mentioned kind of like almost like hockey changes. And you just said you'd play guys next to each other. Will you come up with a line? Like, hey, I like the way, say, Tate Glanton and Chris Martin work together. Will you pair guys like that or is it individual?
3: It depends on the situation. Uh, So certain guys have uh, strengths, you know, uh, that are better than other guys. So uh, you saw a key point during the game, during goal line, I have certain two guys that may have did the best during that situation during the week we work every single situation every week so um i do that but I, as well as um i rotate different guys every series yay hey, y'all two in this series these guys are the wave this guy's the single guy in at tackle this guy's the single guy in the nose so they know going into a series who's going in when um, and we just
1: we just roll to try to keep the fatigue level down One name I do want to talk to you about, I know everybody, and it's a team effort, group effort, but TK Chimenez did get a lot of attention with the Mm -hmm. fumble recovery, of course, that was a key play in the game, but I'm curious, uh, for a redshirt freshman, played four games last year, and and when he arrived on campus, he was pretty highly touted, noted for uh, committing to Georgia Tech over Florida State. Mm -hmm. How has he improved, in your eyes, since when he first took over in January?
3: Uh, He's so consistent. Um, That's that's the thing. Uh, Usually, you know what you're going to get out of him every day. Um, That's why I have such a high level of trust in him, you know, when when I cut on the film, I know what I'm gonna see out of TK. So, you know, and if it's something that i tell him me needs to correct, he's gonna fix it. You know, so um, I've been very excited about him, and I'm still very excited about him and um, what he's gonna do. Just as just as much as the other guys, but it's, it's been cool to see him uh, develop. You know, just trying to learn different techniques and things i teach are different than what they've been learning in the past not that what they've been learning in the past is wrong mm-hmm. it's just what i teach is different so uh, he's taking that around with him.
1: when you pair his talent just physical gifts mm-hmm. along with that attention to detail just a redshirt freshman now how good could he be as oh, he, a redshirt junior or yeah, he's gonna be
3: really good yeah he's gonna be really good he's already a good football player mm-hmm. he's he's just gonna keep improving because he he cares he has a high care factor uh he holds himself accountable and more importantly uh you know, he holds his teammates accountable too. After he holds himself accountable, he's on the other guys too about doing the right thing. So, uh, this guy's the limit for him. He's just going to keep getting better.
1: I love the term high care factor. That mm-hmm. seems to be a prerequisite to play here as well as to coach oh, yeah. here. Oh, yeah. And for you personally, you're from Augusta, coming back to the state of Georgia. And how special was Saturday getting a chance to take the field of Bobby Don, look up and see the white and gold, see the bank of America building. And, and even hear some of those, uh, you know, whether it's Jeezy or, uh, fast life youngsters or those guys coming mm-hmm. in. I think I saw something uh, back in your playing days, they'd play put on at the start of the fourth quarter. Yeah, <laughs> yeah man, <laughs> That was something else, wasn't
3: it? Uh, yeah. I remember those days. Um, uh, yeah. yeah, it's, Tech has always been a place I've been eyeballing for a while. Mm-hmm. You know, um, it's, it's, it's one of those dream opportunities that, you know, a lot of people have all these dreams and don't have an opportunity to achieve them. So, you know, I'm blessed to be able to, to do that. You know, it's always been a place that I've been, you know, like I said, it's just eyeballing and, and to have the chance to, you know, finally get out there, you know, for the first home game, you know, my family in the stands, you know, and get a chance to coach these young Man, that was fun. It
1: was a great time. You spent you spend a, a year or two at Georgia State mm-hmm. as, as a coach. What is the one thing you miss the most about Atlanta that you've enjoyed having uh, over the, this past year?
3: Uh, proximity of my family. Uh, it's you know I loved Philly. You know it was it was a great city, it was a great city to me. Uh, that program was uh, was great to me as well. But it was hard. You know when my parents wanted to make a game. You know you got to plan out everything from hotels, flights, rental cars. You know uh, it, it was a lot. You know and to be able to have an opportunity where this is the first time. You know, my grandmother has been able to come to one of our home games in a couple of years, wow. you know, because she doesn't fly, yeah. you know. So my family's two hours down the road, yeah. shoot up the road, come watch a game, have dinner afterwards, shoot back down the road and be ready for church the next day, you know. So that was the part that, you know, uh, when I did part ways with uh, uh, Georgia State was that was the part that I knew that I was going to miss the most was having the convenience for my family.
1: You know. Well, that that, that that right there displays perfectly the, the difference in maturity between yourself and myself. Because I would have said something foolish like the varsity or something. <laughs> <laughs> nah, <man>. nah, <laughs> that, that. I, I left I left
3: Augusta a long time ago uh-huh. and went and played ball up in Michigan and, and didn't look back. You know, not that when I say didn't look back, mean it didn't move back. Mm-hmm. You know, I kept it. I went from there and you know I stayed up north working and coaching and all of those things. So I got opportunity to get back closer to my family. And they were around and all that. I was like, man, it's kind of cool. And then it, it, <laughs> then it went was away. Going, and it yeah. was like, oh shoot, like <laughs> you know. So it, that 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 was that's definitely the coolest part about it is is just you know being able to have them around much more. You know, my mindset changed the older I get. You know, yeah, exactly.
1: <laughs> Priorities tend to shift
3: a little bit. No, doubt. Well, no uh, doubt.
1: Top prody for Georgia Tech taking down the Citadel. That's defensive line coach Larry Knight. Coach, thanks for your time and I'll talk to you soon. I uh, appreciate it. Got another very special guest here on From the Flats. We're joined by the champion of the Carpet Capital Collegiate, Luke Schneiderjans of the Georgia Tech Golf Team. And Luke, now a senior, your third career victory, but first since your freshman year. Was there a certain part of your game that was working better than another this weekend?
4: Um, I'd say the best part of my game this weekend was putting. Uh, but it was all pretty solid. It wasn't, you know, one category it was just dominating the other. But I, I potted nicely. You finished
1: first. Tyler Strafacci finished the second. What was it like on that last day? I know he had a, a ways to go to catch you, but he kind of made a run at you, didn't he?
4: Yeah, no, it was, it was very cool. It was kind of weird because Coach, you know, he coaches on the par threes, and usually he's coaching the team, you know, to win the tournament, and we knew, like, the team race was pretty much over with. So at that point it was, it was funny. He was basically just coaching me and Ty against each other on the par threes coming down the stretch. So it was a different, different scenario than we were used to, but it was a lot of fun. Tech won by a record
1: 20 strokes for another Carpet uh, Carpet Capital Collegiate victory. As far as this team's performance this weekend, you guys accomplished that record victory by 20 strokes without the help of Andy Ogletree, who was other playing in the Walker Cup after winning the USAM, and Noah Norton missed
4: two days because of back spasms. What does that say about the depth of this team, what you guys could accomplish uh, come this spring? Yeah, it says a lot. I think it was a huge, we were talking about it's a huge confidence boost for sure to know that we can win, a, you know, a solid college event by 20 strokes without without Andy and Noah, two of our top players for sure. So, um, you know, we got a deep team and we got a, a lot of things to look forward to.
1: And really a, a extremely rarely talented senior class between yourself, Tyler, and Andy, uh, Anton Serafini as well. Have you individually thought about your senior year as what this means not only for you but for your family, your brother played here for 4 years, Ollie, your other brother Ben on the baseball team for uh, 5 years. Is it weird to think that this is the last season of the Snyder Jans uh, here at Georgia Tech at least for this generation?
4: Yeah, I haven't really thought about that too much, but it's yeah, it's it's crazy to think about. I mean, we've been involved with the Georgia Tech Athletics for for a long time now, so it's crazy. It's the last last season, but um, you know, we're not getting too caught up in you know what we can accomplish this year. We're just trying to focus on the next tournament and getting better. So,
1: your brother Ollie, one of the all-time greats here at Georgia Tech, and
4: your brother Ben, his caddy on the Web.com Tour. Have you talked to them much? Have they given you any advice about soaking up your senior year? Yeah, we spent some time like this past week together, and no, not too much about that in particular. But um, you know, just enjoy it. enjoy it while you have it because uh, you know it's some of the most fun four years of your life. So, you know, just enjoy it. Is it safe to say that the more uh, common topic of conversation between the three of you guys was the Pats win over the Steelers by 30 points last Sunday? You guys are big Patriots fans? Oh, absolutely. Yeah, <laughs> we got a big group text going and, you know, constant uh, Patriots talk. So we're excited. Yeah, yeah I'm sure that's, that's very popular here in Atlanta. I'm sure people love you guys. <laughs> no. Not quite. Not quite.
1: Wrapping up, Luke, you guys got a big tournament coming to Chicago in a week and a half. Uh, what do you
4: hope to work on personally and, and the team as a whole? Just kind of uh, just dialing in things, kind of look at uh, what I need to kind of work on and um, just like another another event, look up the course, kind of dial into what I need to dial into, and um, same goes for everybody. So,
1: Well, Luke, appreciate your time. Number three ranked team in the country, Georgia Tech Golf, starting off their 2019-20 season with a big win in the carpet capital of collegiate. Uh, and Luke Snyder has taken home the first-place honors in uh, the individual category. Luke, thanks for your time. Thanks, man. Thanks for having me. All right, that'll do it for us. Georgia Tech and the Citadel meet at 1230, Dodd Stadium on Saturday. We'll be on the air with our pregame coverage on the Georgia Tech Sports Network Learfield IMG College at 1030 a.m. Hope to see you out there.
0: You've been listening to the From the Flats podcast. Be sure to tune in to the Georgia Tech IMG Sports Network on game days for live coverage. And subscribe to this channel to get the latest news on the Yellow Jackets.